Welcome to Chakras and Cuss Words, a podcast that dives into self-improvement, completing goals, and overcoming modern-day obstacles. I am your host, Catherine, and together we will address our fears, establish self-awareness, and complete self-growth through honesty and reflection. Remember to please like and share this podcast. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 everybody who is hopping in, listening to the replay. Hello, hello. My name is Catherine. I am known as the spiritual uh, intuitive nurse, alchemist. Um, I am here to talk about the chakra system. What is the chakra system? How do you use the chakra system? I am actually doing a full a full series on each chakra and it is going to be in depth about each chakra here on clubhouse just to kind of let people know exactly what the system is how they can use it in their lives um, how many of them use it throughout um, their daily practices how we can balance the chakras so um a little bit about me. My name is Catherine. I am a, a chakra coach. Um, I do perform energy work. I am not a Reiki master. I do not perform Reiki, but I do perform different types of energy work, basically through um, sound energy, guided meditation. Um, I'm certified in guided meditation. I'm actually working on um, a series for a very popular um, very popular meditation app who I will re- name, will not name right now at this time until my content is fully on the app. And um, I've gone through the contracts and made sure that it's something that I want to um, be associated with, but it is a very popular meditative app. I have been helping people through chakra coaching, um, alchemy, and also through astrology for a few years where this is really where I am centered. Most of my clients who um, use coaching, they come with the understanding that this world is a energy source. We are energy and everything that we produce has some type of energy as we receive it. And if that's through um, using the cosmos, if that's through using the chakra system, or if that is just using um, your own personal beliefs to really tap into that energy, that is the process that I use the most. So let's talk about the chakra system because that's why most of you guys are here. 
So if you ever want to jump through the chakra series and you don't want to wait for um, the clubhouse rooms and you just want to go ahead and jump through, I recommend um, subscribing to my podcast. I have the full introduction of what the chakras are. Um, on each chakra. And also I have um, guided meditations on each chakra on chakras and cuss words. So what is a chakra? Okay. There's many ways to, well, there's not many ways. There's basically two ways to pronounce chakra. Like I'm pronouncing it right now, kind of chakra. And then there's also the chakra, which is very hard for me to pronounce. And it's just because that's not my traditional dialect. So I pronounce it the easy way for me, just because I feel like it flows better. The chakras have really been a um, ancient philosophy of energy, and it's really established more in the Indian culture, especially in the Hindu population. You hear a lot about the chakras, the chakras, and how they use this energy during uh, meditative practices, during ballads, and during finding energy and placing themselves in a peace of balance and harmony throughout their lives. And that's really what the chakras is, is finding an area where you balance each chakra into a place of harmony where life sees that you are taking in certain energies. You're also receiving certain energies and releasing certain energies. So there is believed that there's many different types of chakras. There's chakras, um, all over. There's chakras in different places of the country, of seen as like portals of energy. People have chakras in their hands, their feet. Um, there's chakras that you can receive from um, the atmosphere. But the chakras that I'm going to concentrate on are the seven main chakras. And those are the ones that are going down um, the spine area, the midline area of the body. So the chakra system has been something that's been talked about, not necessarily saying the chakras or the chakra system, but it's been talked about for years. The Mayans have talked about energies within the body, energy sources for many years um, as far back as different cultures from um, uh, China, from uh, different areas that really have picked up this energy source. Of course, they all have different names and some have different types of meanings, but the main chakras that I practice is the seven chakras from the Hindi population and communities. And the reason why is because to me, those fit um, ideally not only resemble people's soul energy, but it also has a tie towards the um, nervous plex system and also the main organs of the body. So that is where I really focus on is the seven main chakras. Um, you will also see sometimes if you are just learning about the chakra system, you will also see that um, people will always talk about balancing the chakras and um, the chakras being aligned or misaligned. So the chakras are seen as, and like I said, this is a philosophy. So there's different traditions. The chakras are seen as almost like spinning wheels because the chakras, the word chakra means 
wheel, like spinning wheels. But some people say that the chakras are more like a rounded, um, almost like a rounded sphere kind of area where it almost looks like an upside down triangle and it has that spiral motion. But again, however you picture the chakras and however you feel that the chakras look and resemble is something that is going to work for you. Most people concentrate on the chakras being blocked. You will hear my root chakras blocked, my um, throat chakras blocked, but what they forget to acknowledge is that chakras can also be excessive. So the chakras and these energy sources come in three different types where you really see the imbalances at. You see chakras are either depleted, which means they were once filled and then the energy was completely taken out or the chakra was um, blocked or the chakra is excessive. And to think of this, I really like to use the analogy of we have seven main energy sources and we almost want to look at these as like cups, right? We have seven main energy sources that travel through our body, right? And each one of them has its own system, its own purpose, its own balance. And if this energy is either too low, not enough, or excessive, it's going to misalign this flow. So if each cup almost works as a fountain of pure bringing this wonderful flow of peace and harmony that resembles like water and the energy is imbalanced, it's not going to work. So if we have, let's say we have a cup of water, right? And our cup of water is like barely full, right? It's like barely full. It has maybe like um, 100 mLs in there, barely has any water in there. And we go to drink, we go to drink that water. We have one sip and then our cup is empty. So now we're still thirsty. Our quench has not been fully um, conquered. It has not been fully engaged. So our chakra remains depleted. Our chakra remains empty. Then the next chakra might have a cup of water, but it's not getting full. It's not getting energy because the other chakra is blocked as well. So as you can see, it is an alignment. Then we have one chakra that is like, let's say excessive, right? We have that cup of excessive water and the water's just overflowing, right? It's so excessive that what it's doing is it's pushing energy back down, little drizzles, little drips, little drips of water back down to the other cups or back to the other energy sources where we feel that we have energy and we feel that we're able to feel somewhat aligned, but we're not truly aligned because all what we're receiving is little drops, little drops and drizzles of water. And it's not fully engaged, it's not fully aligned, and it's not fully balanced because this excessive chakra is just feeding us a little bit or it's taking too much energy where we can't really use the chakra system to create that balance and harmony that we're looking for. So now I'm going to talk about each chakra.
and what each chakra really represents, okay? So we have the first chakra, which is known as the root chakra. This chakra is laid, uh, related down towards the spine area. It's actually related to the coxial plexus, coxial plexus area of the nervous system. So it's right there in the vertebrae at the very bottom. If you were sitting like crisscross applesauce, like remember they taught us in kindergarten, crisscross applesauce, sauce, you would be sitting right there on the root chakra. So a lot of people started to gain acknowledgement during um, the Western culture, during the time that Carl, Carl Jung started to talk about the chakras. And he was a, uh, I believe, an American psychologist who was learning about energy and explaining energy. And then the yogi um, population started to pick up on it. People who are very centered in yoga also will create um, yoga positions that will be centered towards aligning or opening up a chakra. So sometimes if you are in a yoga class, you will hear them talk about the chakra system and how you can open up that chakra. So the base of the spine, if you were sitting crisscross applesauce, you would be right there with the root chakra. That chakra's main goals is really to create a foundation, grounding, and also prosperity. We see a lot of trust with the root chakra. It is a color of red. That is actually the color that um, a lot of us know of the root chakra is this beautiful red color. It is the first chakra. So that is where we will start to pick up um, either deficiencies, excessiveness, right towards the womb age. So even before birth, there might be some areas of instability, some areas of trust, some areas of um, not feeling aligned, and that is starting to happen from womb to 12 months. So this is really why it is called the root chakra. This is where the foundation, the roots grow. We will also see kind of like this um, identity um, sometimes people who have root chakra imbalances or depletions will start to feel like they're not really sure of like their identity. They're not really sure of who they are authentically. We'll see areas where, um, they will start to bring up a lot of fear. That is almost the area that we see the most is a lot of fear with the root chakra. Um, people who have an excessive excessive root chakra start to feel like sluggish. So this would be somebody who doesn't particularly like to leave their house, doesn't really like to try new things, doesn't like to get too embraced in trying something new. They're very comfortable where they're at and they don't want to break that area up. They don't want to get fully engaged in trying something new. They like to stay in the area of kind of like, um, sluggishness, almost like that stagnant water, right? Like that water you see in like um, ponds or that don't move, right? It's like kind of like, you know, stuck. It's like the water has plants that grow, right? It has that moss that grows on it, but it's not fully moving. It's not moving like a river. It's not clear. It's, it's kind of stuck. So that's what we see with an excessive root chakra. Also something that um, I have been working on with um, somebody who does have an excessive root chakra. 
um, is hoarding. And we think of hoarding like um, in many different ways, right? Um, but it's also that area of not being able to let go of material items, of hoarding where it's becoming so so scary to let go of anything because that excessive root chakra, we feel if we let go of it, we won't be safe, right? We won't be safe. Um, and it's going to create this unalignment with our safety because we've developed these fears at a very early age. That's really like our foundation. Um, I see it also with hoarding of animals. Um, and that's something that comes from a lot of, um, in all honesty, a lot of inner child healing. Um, and I will get more into the root chakra when I do the series on the root chakra, which will actually be next. My next series of the chakra system will be of the root chakra. So areas where the root chakra would be blocked, we would see areas of fear, anxiety. Also, we might see somebody who's underweight. Um, and we would, when I mean underweight, this is like when we'll start to see like eating disorders. Um, we'll start to see areas where um, they are having a hard time accepting themselves, accepting the area that they came from, accepting their roots, and kind of um, accepting that area. The element of the root chakra is earth. And that's very important when you are looking at the chakra system and looking at how you are... Um, how you are helping one through the chakra system. And I, I am a huge fan of uh, Reiki masters and people who teach Reiki, but the reason why I don't teach Reiki is because I don't feel that um, one session or a few sessions of Reiki alignment is going to fully bring alignment through the chakras. And that is one of the main reasons why I don't practice Reiki. But it is a it is a tool that can be used when you are aligning your chakras. It is something that um that you can um, work through with Reiki. But I will say that um, people who receive chakra coaching from me, it is a whole plan, a life plan of where they start, where they plan to be, what chakras are unaligned, and what they do is more focused on lifestyle, um, daily practices, um, meals. I do a lot of meal plans with um, my chakra coaching because you can actually eat towards healing your chakras because a lot of these um, unimbalances will come with um, physical areas where people will actually start to feel physically sick. And that is something that they might see with the root chakra of anxiety. For the second chakra, which is the solar plex chakra, which is connected to, I'm not the solar plex, I'm sorry. The next chakra is the sacral plex chakra, which is connected to um, the sacral plex nervous system, which is also related to the abdominal the abdomen. It is also more known for being part of the reproductive system. Um, this would be kind of the area of um, areas where we will see a lot of problems with intimacy. Also, I will see a lot of problems with um, confidence, 
with relationships, a lot of times, if there's a lot of high energy dynamics with the relationship, there might be um, something that's going on with the sacral. And that could be from both parties, or it could be just from one. And this is um, related to the back and the hip area. It is a color orange. It is the very orangey color. And it's really tied into the emotions. Like a lot of people hear desire and sexuality and intimacy, and they think, oh, but a lot of it has to do with emotions and also the areas of um, finding pleasure and having a healthy sexual relationship. Um, it is also very important with communication, but in all actuality, it starts to develop at an early age. So this is when we start to see the traits of a imbalanced or excessive sacral chakra will almost sometimes start to happen at six to six months old to two years. Um, and that could be like just the child learning dynamics from the household, um, Maybe their parents aren't very intimate with each other. Um, maybe the parents aren't affectionate. Um, the child will pick up areas of confidence during that early age of six months to two years. And we have to remember with child healing, a lot of this is the subconscious mind is already picking up um, areas that is turning it into the conscious. So subconsciously, our parents are giving us these areas. Um, there is some inner child healing involved. So I do recommend if you are going through like sexual abuse or um, something that has a lot of PTSD that you see after I do an evaluation that it is something that I recommend if you haven't seen a licensed therapist that you see a licensed therapist before I will work with you because I am a licensed practitioner. Um, I am a registered nurse. So legally, um, there's areas that I will not work in with the chakra system until you actually see a licensed um, therapist. Also, um, what we see is a lot of um, gratification where sexuality turns into this imbalance. Um, we have a lot of guilt tied around it, maybe with our body image, maybe with our relationships. This is also an energy that um, starts to develop um, a lot of areas with boundaries. And we will see this if the person has a deficient or excessive um, sacral chakra. We will see with a excessive sacral chakra, there's a lot of poor boundaries. And that's poor boundaries within themselves, um, where it might be somebody who has all these boundaries, um, that they think are going to work for them. They think that these boundaries are really going to work for the relationship if they set these boundaries for themselves. And then what they do is they tend to self-sabotage. They start to break their own boundaries and it puts them in this area of guilt and uh, really starts to build this dynamic with the um, relationship. We see a lot of this with confidence, overall body confidence and excessive um sacral chakra might have to do with a little bit of um, addiction, um, could be sex addiction. That might be somebody who is a serial cheater and not because they intentionally um, don't 
love or trust their partner, but just because they have that excessive energy in the sacral chakra where they have to go out and receive more energy because the energy is not being aligned because it's unrealistic. It's unrealistic um, energy. And that's when we would have to concentrate on removing some of that energy towards the sacral chakra and place it in other chakra areas. Um, also somebody who has a deficient sacral chakra will become almost like numb to the relationship towards intimacy. This might be somebody who has been, um, traumatized and, um, intimacy and sexuality is almost like this area where they disconnect because that was their survival instinct when um, something abruptly happened to them and took them out of their safe space. So these are the two chakras that really work well with alignment of creating safety and foundation. It is the element of water. So a lot of times we see this and we see that, um, and when I say we, because I have worked with um, other spiritual guides and other chakra practitioners. So if there's ever something that I feel that um, I need further clarification with, I will talk to other people. But most of the time, it's almost that feeling of um, like they have to be cleansed or they have to release those wounds first before they really dive back into having a good alignment with their sacral chakra. For the third chakra, which is the solar plex chakra, which is the chakra that is connected to the solar plex nervous system, and this is the area that really is like about the um, kind of like the lower area, kind of right beneath um, your heart, kind of like where your diaphragm is. It is known as um, people who have imbalances with the solar plex might actually have a lot of GI issues. This is known as the power chakra. Um, this is really a spontaneous kind of chakra. It shows a lot of strength. It shows a lot of purpose, self-esteem, confidence. Um, this is kind of like the chakra that we will see um, where we need like further action. Like this is like the chakra where like you're like, oh, I wanted to create a course and it's been, I don't know, 10 months since I've been thinking about it, but you don't really have that initiative to actually create the course. This might be your solar plex chakra not being aligned. Um, areas that we see with the solar plex chakra would be... Um, would be around the early age of 18 to three and a half uh, years, 18 months to three and a half years. So this is like a little bit coincides with the sacral. These two tend to work together um, beneficially and <laughs> disadvantagely. These two chakras tend to work together a lot. A lot of people, the first three chakras, I will say, are the hardest ones to have aligned. They are definitely one of the ones that takes the most time. Um, this is where the ego 
picks up um, the identity, really picks up the definition of what will I do picks up. So I always, every time I see the affirmations that are related to the solar plex chakra, we hear a lot about the solar plex chakra being like, I am, I will, I did, or I am great, I am strong, I am powerful. That's really the solar plex chakra. Um, areas that people might start to feel if they have deficiencies um, would be like like shame, not enough confidence, um, not enough area of working through. Um, people who have excessive solar plex chakra, and to me, the solar plex chakra is one of the most dynamic chakras. It's one that has a lot of area where it feeds into the other chakras. So for instance, the root chakra might not feed into the throat chakra as much, right? It's like all the way down at the bottom. Um, if you don't have a aligned root chakra, you might still have a very powerful throat chakra. Where with the solar plex chakra, if that solar plex chakra isn't giving any energy to the throat chakra, we will see it. Um, we will definitely see it. Uh, the, the, the other thing about the excessiveness with the solar plex chakras, the solar plex chakra, like I said, is the ego, ego chakra. So this is kind of like the chakra where um, if I am doing couples chakra counseling and I hear a lot, the wife's like, he doesn't listen to me. It's always his way or no way, or he's a fucking asshole. You know, it's kind of like that asshole chakra. <laughs> It's like we have to dive into why is this chakra so excessive? Why is this chakra so scattered? Why is this chakra so aggressive? And that's what really what we see with the um, excessive characteristics of the solar plex. We start to see that the excessiveness of the solar plex will really hinder a relationship. Um, but in all actuality, it might do very well with self-gain. <laughs> and that's that's another topic is having your chakras aligned where they work in your relationships and they still work for you because somebody with an excessive solar plex chakra is somebody who's probably like a CEO of a company, um, might be known as a little narcissistic, a little, but not, but not too bad, but could be known as being very egotistical. Um, a weak solar plex chakra will come off as very low self-esteem, um, sluggish, fearful. Um, somebody who doesn't want to take that confidence to start something, to leave that job they hate. They stay in that job they hate. And the reason why is because their solar plex is not aligned with them. Their solar plex chakra is not aligned where they could say, you know what, um, I want to leave this job. This job is not the job for me. So um, I'm going to leave it. They'll stay there. And that's because they have a deficient solar plex chakra. The element towards the solar plex chakra is fire. So that really shows you the initiative that it takes to really light that solar plex chakra up, to really light that area up. And that is the third chakra. For the fourth chakra, this is the chakra that um, 
a lot of people tend to really have deficiencies in excessiveness in and they don't even know it. I feel that the heart chakra always gets um, kind of like not enough notoriety, right? Like people always want to concentrate on the first three and then we kind of skip over the heart chakra. The heart chakra is connected to the cardiac plexus. It's also related right there in the center of the chest of the cardiac system. You will see the love feeling really picks up through the heart chakra. Um, and with this area, we will see that um, this is an area that we will actually have to do a lot of balancing with the first three before we could fully tap into the heart chakra energy. And the reason why is because this chakra resembles a lot of love relationships, a lot of personal relationships with self, a lot of balance, um, empathy, self-acceptance, good, good relationships come with a balance of understanding, um, a balance of harmony. And it is really that area where you want to feel loved, right? You want to feel like, you know, my spouse, my partner, the person that I'm devoting this time to, the person that I've been um, with for um, a good area of time loves me. Um, sometimes when we see imbalances with the heart chakra, no matter how much the other person is giving love to one another, that one person might not still feel loved. And this area picks up towards three and a half years to seven years old. Um, it kind of picks up like their social identity. So this is where we start to see the dynamics where it really plays in with the trust factor the trust factor of going back towards the root. Um, this is the acceptance, the acceptance of my relationship, the acceptance of who I am. This is also the chakra where we kind of see some money blocks. And a lot of that has to do with the worthiness. Am I worthy to receive this amount? Am I worthy to be successful? And a lot of this almost feels like a codependency, um, a codependency with these blocks, right? They've had these blocks because this is what they've been learned um, to trust, right? This is like where that area where you start to pay attention to, you know, your mom says, no, I can't buy you that toy. What do you think? Money grows on trees. You know, that's like the time that you start to pick up that trust, that trust factor of that age. Um, and you want to be loved at that age. That's really that age where you start to develop memories. You start to develop, um, areas where you can remember, like when I was growing up, I hear, you know, I hear the stories like when I was growing up, um, you know, my parents were fighting or I wasn't feeling like any attention was given to me. This might be the age where another sibling comes in. I'm telling you some little things can create some big imbalances. And, um, the other sibling comes in right around three or four years old. Guess what? I'm not, 
I'm not the center of attention anymore. Who's this other kid at my house? You know, um, this is the area where you are in grammar school. You'll start to pick up those traits of you, do these people like me? Right? We start to get into this identity. Do they like me? Um, this is kind of the area where we start to see with an excessive um, heart chakra, we see poor boundaries. And these are poor boundaries with self and also with money, poor boundaries with the relationship, poor boundaries with others, excessive um, characteristics of a heart chakra. They might be a little bit narcissistic. <laughs> And when I mean narcissistic, very controlling, very jealous. So this is the fear, the trust again, coming back up. You know, if he's hanging out with girls, um, he's probably cheating on me, right? We have no trust. We already developed. We have no trust in our partner. And that's because we have our own poor boundaries. Um, with a deficient heart chakra, we will start to see kind of like the loneliness, the isolation. I don't want to be hurt. I've already been hurt. I've already been heartbroken. Um, I've learned it's easier to detach than it is to love again. It's easier to isolate. Why would I give you all my love? I don't want to do that. Why would I trust you? Mm -mm. No, no, no. Can't trust you. You know, it's that area maybe we see a young man who had his heart broken and, you know, now he just feels like <laughs> there's no need to tie down, right? Why would I tie down? Why would I tie down to one woman? Why would I commit to one woman when, um, you know, they've already hurt me? My last girlfriend, she hurt me real bad. Yeah. And when we see that, um, and when I see that, a lot of it is a dynamics between the root, the sacral, and then the heart. Um, it's that area where the lack of empathy starts to in play. So we will see a little bit of the deficient heart chakra will also resemble an excessive sacral chakra. So we might see that um, empathy disappear. You know, if I cheat on her, what does it matter? you know, she's just another chick, whatever. <laughs> and, um, they become bitter. I see a lot of bitterness, you know, I've already been hurt. We take that mistrust. We take that, um, an alignment and we place it back into our other relationships. Um, it is the element of air. So when working with the heart chakra, a lot of it has to do with the lungs and the area of emotions that's related to the lungs and heart. So if we start to feel that we are hyperventilating or stressed out or that area of what, like we have that chest pain or that heartbreak, um, of course, if it isn't something clinically wrong with you, it's probably related towards the heart and the root chakra. Um, and then our fifth chakra, oh, and the heart chakra, I'm sorry, because I think I forgot to tell you guys the colors of the solar plex is yellow and the heart chakra is this beautiful green. 
And to me, green resembles abundance and it really resembles almost some of those money blocks and that trust issues start to arise with the heart chakra. Then we have our fifth chakra, which is one of the chakras that a lot of people um, want to work with me with is um, the throat chakra. This is a beautiful blue color. This chakra is communication, creativity, your core message. And when I say your core message, this is the message that you're portraying to other people. These are This is the message that other people receive from you. This is the message that you receive from other people as how they see you. This is also the area of a lot of identity with are you able to communicate? Do you understand your core message? Um, I see this block a lot with, um, and I hate to say this, but I do see this block a lot with women. And also people who have been told at a young age that their opinion or their thought is not valuable. Um, their notion of what might be the perfect next step does not matter. And we see this area of unalignment really start to pick up towards seven to 12 years old. Kind of that, that oh gosh, like when I think about when I was seven, oh, that was like such a horrible, that was just like such a, you know, funny little time. Like when you're seven to 12, um, you have the clicks at school, you have a do people like me. And I actually used to work a lot with children, um, a lot with children. And I was a um, art teacher um, during an after school program. And let me tell you that so-and-so doesn't like me. She doesn't wanna be my friend today. Those are real problems to this age group. So-and-so says my dress is ugly. You know, those are real identity issues. That's stuff that kids take home with them and they think about it and they, you know, kind of like manifest their own little um, life blocks with something as simple as that. And um, that's also the age where you might feel that your parents aren't necessarily um, taking notion to your thoughts, aren't taking um, areas where they want to fully adapt your feelings. And the reason why I explain this is because many of us are parents, right? Um, and parenting doesn't come with a handbook, but I'm just showing you guys that the energy that is picked up during this time, these are the areas of the chakra system. These are the areas that we see that these imbalances and these traits begin to develop. They begin to find efficiencies in energy at this time. So this is from seven to 12. Um, this is the creative part. This is your core message. You're creative. You're expressing yourself, uh, self-expression, and an excessive um, an excessive throat chakra would be somebody who is excessively talking, um, who communicates 
only for their sole gain. This would be somebody who does not hear anybody else's core message. They are not active listeners. Um, sometimes we will see stuttering, um, inability to listen, inability to receive. These people are not receiving others' messages. And they want to, kind of, but it's just not happening. It's just not happening for them. And that's because their core message to them is the only message that's really right. So um, we will see sometimes uh, stuttering and sometimes a little bit of liars. Like sometimes they lie a little bit, you know, maybe they have an excessive imagination or they um, feel that they can uh, put in this area where it sounds a little bit more exciting if they exaggerate just a little bit, you know. I can't explain this to them unless I just put in, you know, yeah, I got an investor. <laughs> Excessive throat chakra. Yeah, I got an investor. Yeah, yeah, a great investor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going to help me open up this uh, this storefront. Really good investor. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, they're taking this whim on me. Uh-huh. They see. They see my potential. So I think you can be an investor too. Why don't you invest? You know, I just need maybe like 10 K they're, you know, they're, they're probably going to double that. So if, uh, you know, you want to come in this and this project is going to be amazing. This project, we're going to bring a revenue of probably maybe 30 K easy a month. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to bring it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, they leave out their investor is their mom. <laughs> I mean, honey, working in this industry, you see it all. The investor is their mom and, you know, she's giving him 500 bucks, right? Like, <laughs> she's not, she's not investing double of what the other investor is, but this is somebody with an excessive throat chakra who realizes their core message and their solar plex, an excessive solar plex and excessive throat chakra is going to lead them into their greatness. This is the area where the ego and the excessiveness of the solar plex is really kicking in and it is all personal gain. It is all personal core message. It is all personal strategy. It is all personal willpower. And those two together, I see them a lot. An excessive solar plex and excessive throat chakra can be very dynamic, but it can also bring an area where they have an excessive downfall too. So that is um, something that having an excessive throat chakra and excessive solar plex isn't always beneficial. For somebody who has a deficient, um, a deficient solar plex chakra, this would be somebody who doesn't want to talk to anybody, doesn't really want to communicate how they feel. This would be the wife who has the hidden side business from her husband. This might be the man who um, is in a relationship, maybe in the friend zone um, and doesn't have that area where they could pick up the communication, even though they're getting the signs that the girl likes them too. But this is like that person who just can't fully communicate like, Hey, I like you. Maybe can I take you out on a date? Let's get out of this friend zone. Right. 
This is also the area where it's like a poor rhythm. Uh, we might see this a lot on Clubhouse. <laughs> okay, I'm being a little petty. I'm being a little petty. Let me stop. Let me stop. Um, they come on stage and they just jabble, jabble, jabble. You're like, okay, wait, what? Huh? Huh? Wait, what? Or they can't really put out what their core message is. They can't deliver the message. Um, the message is all over the place. And then it kind of leaves the listener or the person who's trying to receive the message go, huh? Or they unintentionally don't receive the message because the core message was so deficient. And that is what the throat chakra really resembles. And it also resembles the element of sound. If you have a deficient solar plex and deficient throat chakra, that area of communication is going to show in many areas. So this is where we are going to want to pick up where you start to actually take that willpower and start to communicate what it is that you actually are trying to say. And we will have to break it down into a very small analogy of almost like keywords. What it is that you are trying to say, not this other shit, just what it is that you are trying to say. Having a deficient throat chakra sounds like rambling, so let me stop. <laughs> sound, I do a lot of sound energy healing. Um, like I said, I am a guided, uh, certified guided meditation guide, and also I use a lot of sound energy. So that is the throat chakra, beautiful color of blue. This is the chakra that um, coming up next is the third eye chakra. This is the chakra that is right in the center of the head, the brow level. This is your intuition. This, the third eye. So the third eye is excessively one of the chakras that people want to tap into. They think it's very nice <laughs> to have a strong intuition imagination, visionary, um, almost like psychic sense. For somebody who is a uh, natural intuitive, and I'll get into that because I know people are like, what's a natural intuitive? A natural intuitive is somebody who has not had to work on opening up the third eye chakra. Um, I was born, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I was born intuitive. I remember being intuitive at a very young age. I remember trying to close my third eye. Um, and it's something that isn't necessarily the most beneficial if you don't know how to balance it, if you don't know how to accept it, and if you don't know how to use it. Having a excessive third eye can almost be a little bit too much. This is the area that we start to see in adolescence. This is kind of like that, you know, anything over 13 to 18 years. This is the area where it's almost like we build our self identity connected to our self reflection. How do we see ourselves? How do we see others? How do others see us? How do we want to be seen? How do we want others to see us? 
And also it has that area of illusion, which working with an excessive third eye can be quite difficult because everything is this beautiful visionary, this beautiful illusion, this illumination of um, greatness. It could also be this illusion of area where it almost feels scary. It almost feels like too much shadow, especially if you have that self-reflection where you are stuck in the shadow, where your shadow work and your inner child hasn't been fully healed and you haven't worked through that, you will start to pick it up with illusions of mirror reflections of what is in balance. People with an excessive characteristic of a third eye and being naturally intuitive versus developing of naturally being naturally intuitive versus developing an excessive third eye somebody who has an excessive third eye might possibly be somebody who came from this long line of chakra energy where they've um, established maybe some ptsd um, maybe some life circumstances where they've had to be very protective. They've had to have a strong intuition. This would be the police officer who walks into the restaurant and before he sits down, he checks every emergency exit there is. He sits down and he makes sure he can watch the door. This would be somebody who um, is excessively worried um, this would also be somebody who um, tends to have nightmares. So this might be somebody who has seen too much, right? That third eye gets open and it makes you become naturally intuitive because you start to build this area of delusions, difficulty concentrating on one area, difficulty balancing because you've had a lot of traumatic events or you've had a lot of life circumstances where you've now had to open up that third eye. People who have an excessive third eye naturally, um, they will not know how to balance that energy. They won't know how to distinguish anxiety versus intuition. So that's something that we have to work at. Like, is this anxiety? Is this coming from the root? Is this coming from the foundation? Or is this coming from an intuitive state? Um, it does take time. The third eye is probably one of the hardest to balance. Um, and it usually has to do with tying back down to the root chakra. Because a stable root chakra a root chakra that is aligned and is able to distinguish what is anxiety and what is fear, then can establish what is intuition. Um, there's areas with a deficient third eye, which a lot of people want to open up. Um, some want to open up for selfish reasons. They want to be intuitive. They want to know, right? Sometimes we're not meant to know everything. Okay. And I, I'm going to say that truthfully. Sometimes we are not meant to know everything, right? Um, 
And sometimes we're not meant to know other people's areas of energy that they choose not to share with us. It's not our right, right? Our energy is sacred to ourselves. Our energy, like our astrological events, our natal birth chart is for us, not for everybody to know, not for everybody to use because they think if they know you better, it's going to help them. Some of this stuff is meant to be very personal, right? Like, do we want to share all our deepest, darkest secrets with everybody? No. Do we want to share maybe our disbeliefs with everybody? No. We want to have that balance where what's sacred for us is sacred for us as long as we respect what's sacred for others is sacred for others. That's why I won't read nobody's boyfriend's birth chart unless the boyfriend does a couple reading and it's consensual. Um, I've had many women ask me to read (laughs) their boyfriend or fiancés or husband's birth chart or ask me what is he going through I don't know girl ask him shit he's your man not mine shit (laughs) so that's something I will not do um being naturally intuitive and being in the area of um tarot and also of astrology I will not pull for other people who do not give me permission So deficient characteristics we would see for the third eye would be poor memory, poor vision. This would be somebody who is in denial, somebody who possibly can't um, see the patterns. They tend to live in denial. So this would be, and in some ways this might be like the girlfriend who is with a guy and she's like, you know what? She kind of has that intuition he's cheating on her. But you know what? She's fine with it. She don't want to know, right? She's in that denial state. She don't want to know until something else happens, right? And then she has to know. Then she, you know, has to accept. Um, This is also the area where somebody might be seeing you as naive. Um, And that would be, you know like somebody telling you about maybe a collaboration, a proposal, something that sounds like an amazing opportunity. Girl, if you don't get on this opportunity of this business, of this, okay, and no offense if anybody's in an MLM, (laughs) But this is the illusion, right? If anybody's ever worked with an MLM, and I'm going to talk about it because I used to work in an MLM. I used to be in an MLM. So for those who don't know, this is a multi-level marketing. Does it work for some people? 100%. 100% it does. Does it work for everybody? No. Is the majority, is it working for? No, it's not. So... This would be the area of illusion, of naive. You invest $1,000 towards an MLM, towards something, towards something that you 
are anticipating is going to bring you more revenue and they forget to, or you don't really fully understand, or you don't really fully see the intuition or the intent of what it means to build up your ladder of where you would have to have people under you, because that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of work to be a lead, to get the high revenue of an MLM. And if anybody's in an MLM, no, no, like um, I'm not trying to be uh, offensive or anything. I'm just speaking of experience that you first feel the illusion of possibly what it could be. The naiveness maybe kicks in and then you've been in the MLM for like five years and you realize, ah, shit, I ain't making no goddamn money. I got to get out of here. <laughs> and that's, you know, I'm spending more money than what I'm making. And that is for some people, it happens like that. And for some people, no, they do very well and they make tons of money and they can find people um, who are willing to invest as well. But so that's kind of that area. And then it is the element of light. So we bring that light in and opening up the third eye. We really bring that light in. And that is like this beautiful, almost like purpley, lavendery, no, more like a deep, dark purple color. And now we're going to go to our seventh chakra, which is the crown chakra. And this is the chakra that is located at the top of the head very top of the head. It is the area that is connected to the cerebral cortex. This is the area that is fully about awareness, self-awareness. This is also about the er area of wisdom and knowledge and gain. Um, your consciousness this is like your spiritual chakra, right? <laughs> this is the chakra that kind of leaves you in that area of balance and harmony where you know like, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm in the right direction. I'm in the right path. I'm in this area of growth. I'm in this area of journey where I am fully aligned. My energy of all my other chakras are trickling up to my crown and I am open. I am open for knowledge. I am open for wisdom. I am open for new possibilities. I am open to love the decisions I make. And I would say this chakra to me is one of the most beautiful chakras. Um, while many people you know, love the, um, the throat chakra, the heart chakra, the area of the third eye, having that intuition, but the crown, the crown chakra, that area of peace and balance and universal connection and cosmic energy feeding in and becoming one with the universe, one with the energy around you is really the most beautiful area. It's really the most beautiful area to say, I trust the decisions I make. I love the decisions I make. 
The universe hears me as I hear the universe. It's to me, the crown chakra is everything. This is what the whole alignment is about, is reaching that crown area. And this is the area that will go on throughout life. The crown chakra is the spiritual aspect that will continue from all of the other age groups and cluster up to meet the crown. It is known as your consciousness, your wisdom and knowledge. This would be somebody who wants to inquire more, wants to learn more things, questions, questions the dimensions, questions the alignments of energies, questions a lot of knowledge in the crown, seeking and gaining, also delivering. It is also your area to know, right? This would be the area where maybe with the third eye, that naiveness kind of goes away, right? That deficient third eye, that blocked third eye, that closed third eye is open, it's opened and balanced. It's not causing you nightmares. It's not causing you areas of anxiety. You're able to see and trust your decisions. It is also that universal identity. And that's, that's sometimes one of the chakras where People will be aligned in their life. They'll be in peace and harmony with their life. And then they get to the universal energy. They'll get to the cosmic energy. And maybe they don't know what they trust anymore, right? Maybe they don't know what they um, feel is aligned with them. Maybe they grew up and, um, and I'll be honest, I... I think many religions are beautiful. I think many religions have purpose. If they, and this is how I see it, if that religion or that area of organization and space works for you and brings you harmony and peace and balance into your life, then I am for it. I am for you loving it. I am for you establishing it. I'm not going to argue with people about their beliefs. Um, what one person might believe might be amazing for them. What I believe might be amazing for me. There's no need. The cosmic energy is too big, right? The earth is too big. The universe is too big. The dimensions are too big to continue to go back and forth of what is right versus wrong, what is factual versus what is fiction. Like I just, eh, nah, I, I don't even want to spend my time doing it. But um, whatever works for you on that higher energy, this is where we would start to see an area that can be still deficient and also excessive. The area that sometimes starts to happen is when somebody becomes too attached to their spiritual sense. You're like, how can I be too attached to my spiritual sense? Um, it happens. Like it happens with organized religions. It also happens with um, spiritual intuitive religions. 
Um, it also happens with spiritual awakenings, that attachment is too strong. And that would be somebody who maybe, um, you know, I never thought I would tell somebody to reduce their meditation, but I've had to tell people reduce your meditation, especially if there's astrological events that are coming that have this high energy. And then also if you're meditating too much, it will open up that third eye too much and it will open up that attachment to your spiritual sense too much where you might start to have extremely vivid dreams where it's almost like you're a little bit like, is this a nightmare? Is this a dream? I don't know. <laughs> you know, so I have had to tell people reduce your meditation. Um, and there's different types of meditation, right? So many people think of just the, the solo stance of quiet and silence, but there's different types of meditation, which I try to find to help people. Um, and that is something that I have studied as being a meditative guide. Um, so excessive characteristics for the crown, overly intellectual. Okay. <laughs> like this is the person like who wants to debate you on the news or wants to debate you on uh, certain religions or wants to debate you on some, you know, cause they know it all. Don't even think about winning that argument. Like give it up, honey, just eh, leave it alone. It is almost that area of like spiritual addiction. Like how can I be addicted to spirituality? Is that even true? Can I be addicted to spiritual? Yeah. If all you want to do is meditate, do yoga, you know, you can't find anything but finding your spiritual sense. We still need to have a balance in the crown chakra. So <laughs> this might be somebody who has a spiritual awakening, decides that, you know, they're going to quit their job. <laughs> they're going to quit their job. They are going to leave their family and they are moving to Costa Rica to do spiritual retreats. They're moving out of the area of conditional alignment of this conscious state. They want to be solely living in their subconscious state. They don't want the realness of this ordinary world, which Trust me, if that is what you want and that's what's aligned for you and that's what the cosmos has planned for you, honey, do it. But this might be somebody who says, I'm giving it all up. This also, and I hate to be like this, this person, but I'm going to say it. This is also where we see a lot of this area with... Um, these spiritual retreat facilitators who are constantly on the go, they're constantly on the move where it starts to bring different dynamics at home. So their crown is fully opened, but their heart chakra is now deficient. And so is the root. So they're having this area where the family dynamics are starting to fall apart. Mom's always doing spiritual retreats. Every month she's gone for like a week or two. Dad's starting to feel almost 
unaligned in the relationship. And then we have to do this balance of spiritually what is working for the home and what is working for the individual. Because I've seen individuals who say, you know what, this ordinary, normal, mundane life is not for me. And for some people, if it's not for you, it's not for you. You know, you want to do like a nomad and just travel and just live off of the land and do what you got to do. And if that consciously and subconsciously is something that you feel is the best decision, because this is what the crown is, choosing that best decision for you, then go ahead, do it. But then also somebody who still wants to be in that spiritual realm of almost like an addiction where they're doing the spiritual retreats constantly, but then now it's starting to bring dynamics at home, but they don't want to give up the home life. They don't want to give up that area where it's creating these blocks for the relationship. It's creating these blocks for the children. Then we'll have to find a balance. And that's how somebody gets addicted to spirituality. Um, also deficient of characteristics would be somebody who has a blocked crown will be learning difficulties. And I'm going to tell you right now, I grew up with learning disabilities. Um, it's very hard for me to sit down and read a book. It's very hard for me to sit down and write a book. <laughs> and it's very hard to concentrate on certain areas of that. Um, space. So learning disabilities and also um, skepticism, right? No religion's right, but my religion. Mm -mm, nope. Um, limited beliefs. A lot of limited beliefs. A lot of areas where, oh, I don't trust that decision. Nope, I can't make it. I won't do it. I can't do it. No, no, no. Uh-uh. You want me to do what? I have to decide I have to decide how to create this course. I have to decide if I'm even going to, you know, take a course. I have to decide. I have to decide what I want for dinner. <laughs> we'll see a lot of areas of just not able to make a decision. A lot of areas also we will see that kind of like solar plex will kick in with a deficient um, with a deficient crown, it's this crazy dynamic where they have this impulse. Okay, I just went out and I spent a thousand dollars worth of something. I spent a thousand dollars worth on something. God, that was a horrible decision. Horrible decision. Shit. I can never make a good decision. God dang it. It's not saying you can't spend $1,000 on something. The thing is saying is, do you trust that decision you're going to make? Do you fully love that decision you are making? And if you have to go back and say, shoot, I shouldn't have did that. That's going to be a no. <laughs> and that's going to be an area where the solar plex might be excessive. So a lot of materialism, a lot of buying stuff that maybe not that you don't need or not that you don't want, but then you go back and you say, shoot, I shouldn't have did that. Or I knew I shouldn't have made that course. I made this course and nobody bought a ticket and 
darn, shoot, I did all this wrong. Well, in actuality, you might not have done anything wrong, but it just wasn't the right time for you to sell that course. Or in actuality, maybe you should sell the course before you actually make it. So there's multiple areas of trusting the decisions you make. Um, and we will see that a lot with people who have a blocked crown chakra, meaning the energy is just not getting there. It's just not fully flowing. And that is the element of thought. And it is a lavender, almost, um, almost like a lavender lilac color. And I got a question in the chat. I, I never look at the chat. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it says, would menopause cause a deficiency in the sacral chakra? I assume that's the chakra you're talking about is the sacral. And I'm going to say yes. Menopause would create some misalignments because that's naturally the body's energy. That's the natural process of the body. When we stop to feel energy in that place, when we start to feel misalignment in that place, it could be showing and it could be conditioned with menopause. So yes, you would start to see that where in all honesty, that would be a medical condition that would be worked through to align the sacral chakra. So once you go through the menopause, you would see there'd be areas of intimacy, not really picking up, um, areas of imbalances, um, start to use orange fruits and vegetables, rooty areas. Um, I would recommend trying to find areas of confidence, like taking a citrus ritual bath to enlighten that area, area of energy. But that is a natural process for the sacral chakra to become more deficient, especially during menopause. So that was a great question. And I want to thank everybody who came into this room. And please, um, subscribe to Chakras and Cuss Words podcast. I will be doing a deep dive on the root chakra next time. I'm going to have to look at my calendar because um, it probably won't be as long as a room, but um, it will be solely just on the root chakra. And I want to thank everybody who came in and everybody have an amazing day. Bye.